it takes care of everything. And then we also have that scale. So you never know when your side project is going to be the next big thing and land up on the, the front page of Hacker News, right? So we can totally take care of that scale and grow with you, which I think is really cool. Hi there, and welcome to PodRocket. Today, we're joined with Adrian Howard, who is a developer advocate over at Cockroach Labs. With over eight years of development, CockroachDB, it's a distributed SQL database designed for speed, scale, and survival. And Adrian's with us today. We're going to be talking about key functionalities, use cases, the roadmap that's coming up, and some endeavors that you've been going into recently with Cockroach on the Edge and with some popular frameworks such as Next.js. Thrilled to have you. Welcome, Adrian. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. So how long have you been with Cockroach Labs? That's the that's the company that puts out CockroachDB, right? Yes, we are the creators and maintainers of CockroachDB. So I believe it's the world's largest open source project written in Go. I have been there about a year and a half. So I started in September of 21. In the, in the time there, did you come to Cockroach because you were a database aficionado from the start and you were really attracted by the cool stuff they were doing or how did you end up? At Cockroach Labs, I've been I've worked at a uh, another da- database company, and I've I've not really been into databases a lot growing up. Uh, so if you look at like all the engineers, we have like just geniuses, you know, working on some of the hardest problems in computer science, right? That's what databases are. I I don't geek out on it that way. I come from the developer or the application developer perspective, right? So I'm building all of these things. I was originally a front-end developer, and then I kind of went full stack, and then I pivoted into developer relations. And so I went through this time where I kind of had a love-hate relationship with databases, because if you wanted one in your application, like you had to shell out all this money, and you know, I'm, I'm cheap. And so, you know, I didn't do it for, I didn't do things for the longest time, but I did work. I worked for MongoDB uh, a while ago, and then I kind of took a break and went back into kind of the communication space, working with email and text and all of that. And then decided to come back and and come back to a kind of more SQL relational database this time. Yeah, so you really went around the world. No doc, you document, and now you're back into relational and SQL. Yes. Yeah, I mean, your engineers must be solving the hardest problems on the planet because what Cockroach does is pretty pretty wild. I'd love to break it down real quick for any listeners that are tuning in who might not be familiar with Cockroach. Could you give us the elevator pitch? Yeah, so... CockroachDB, it was actually, it was really built from the ground up to solve, you know, today's data problems. So it's cloud native. We deploy onto Kubernetes and that kind of architecture. We're distributed so we can host data all around the world. And then we have strong consistency and ACID compliant transactions. So it's really a cool cool database. It's made up of nodes. All the nodes are read-write, and they can even survive a node failing. So one thing that I love about when we're out at conventions is we have this demo called Cube Doom, where the aliens in Doom, if you I I might be dating myself here, but the aliens in Doom are actually represent different nodes in a CockroachDB cluster. And whenever you kill them, it actually kills the node. And so you can see like in the admin consoles like the the node dying draining out rejoining healing itself and and becoming part of the cluster again so that's really cool and some of the things that you know we can bring to 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 databases and when when you say node we're talking about like a distributed 
SQL database here. That that's that's really like the cool thing that Cockroach is offering, amongst many other things, of course. But at but at its core, we're talking about like a distributed database, right? Right. So something that not a lot of relational databases can do, we can scale horizontally. So in the in the old days with your Postgres and your MySQL, if you wanted to add more power to your database, you had to add RAM. You had to add hard drive space. We can scale horizontally like a lot of document databases just by adding more nodes. And those can be physical machines. They can be virtual machines. A lot of our nodes are actually deployed on different clouds. So AWS or GCP, for instance, and you can just keep adding those. So we recommend that you start with three that will allow you to survive a single node failure. But if, you know, re- resiliency is something that you require, you can you can add more. I think if you do five, you can survive two nodes and et cetera. So we, we are using the RAF protocol for that. I feel like this feels like very modern tech to me as somebody who has always reached for a single node database or like my SQL Lite database. But Cockroach isn't new, right? It's It's been around for a little bit. How, how old exactly is Cockroach? I want to say that the project itself is nine years old. And I think tomorrow we're celebrating Cockroach Labs' eighth birthday. So, so the, the company has been around for eight years and, and the project's been around for nine, I believe. And so the comp- is the company, so it's an open source technology and then there's the company. And I'm assuming the company is at like the you know, enterprise offering model and there's support and that's the company's role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. First off, we were an open source project. You can still today, if you want to run a single node on your laptop to, for, for, uh, for development, you can do that. Uh, you can even deploy whole clusters, working things just from the open source. We've had customers who had been using us for years and we had no idea. And they came to us and they wanted to add the support and some of the enterprise features. And so it's just, it's amazing who comes out of the woodwork that's using it. But yeah, we also have an enterprise edition that adds some extra features. And then uh, we also have a database as a service. So we have the Cockroach Cloud where we have a couple offerings. We have dedicated where you can specify upfront all the resources that you want for each of the nodes and place them wherever you would like them to be. And then we also have, which is very exciting for me, we have a serverless option. So we've taken kind of the concepts that are associated with like with serverless uh, our, uh, infrastructure, like elastic scale and consumption-based pricing and apply that to the database. And that's what's really cool because developers can start using it for free. We've given out a very generous free tier 250 million request units a month and five gigs of storage. Like back when I was building, yeah, five gigs. Five gigs. That That's all I could ever need for most of my apps. Like, gosh. I have multiple apps running on my clusters. And <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it's so great. And you can you either lock it to the free tier and you'll get throttled. Or you can put in a credit card and say, like, I'm willing to spend up to 25 bucks a month. And it will scale you know, for you. But the great thing about the serverless is it can actually scale all the way down to zero. So my, my example is always like if you're building, say, a fantasy football app, right? Most of the time people are going to be using it during football games, um, but it might, it might actually be used for like three or four days out of the week, right? And so the database will actually scale all the way down to zero and then you'll pay nothing for that time. And so those 250 million request units go a very long way each month. That reminds me of why people reach to Cloud Run mm-hmm. so often. 
I can post up a fully functional Docker container and like that thing scales to zero when I'm not using it. And that's the cheapest gosh darn way you can like run anything. It's really nice. So as a, on the database level, that's the thing now. Mm-hmm. You can have a zero scale. That's that's very cool. It, I'm sure that's great. Yeah, you say all oh, all my personal projects are running off of that. I'm sure like I want to do that too because running my own database under my stairs in the closet is a pain in the butt. The thing keeps like crashing. I don't want to maintain that. So, it, it, should I reach to Cockroach and, and Cockroach Cloud as my first stop shop for using a database? Because in my eyes, it's like, well, if I need something reliable and I'm not like doing a Gov Cloud or something like that, an RDS is never going to go down. And in my eyes, you know, like it, it, I'm not going to like toll it really hard. It's never going to go down. So why should I reach to like Cockroach? Would you suggest that being a good first place to reach for as a developer? I mean, I think so. And I travel around the country. I lead our hackathon program. And so I'm going around to all these different colleges trying to get students to start using us and using them for, for their products. But, you know, it's free to start. That doesn't hurt. Not having to deal with any of the infrastructure, any of the updates. You never have to worry about doing a security patch again. I know that like, you know, back in the day, I would have my own like Linux server and I'd host all my own stuff. And then next thing you know, a security patch would come out and then I would have to spend the weekend doing all that. Like it takes care of everything. And then we also have that scale. So you never know when your side project is going to be the next big thing and land up on the, the front page of Hacker News, right? So we can totally take care of that scale and grow with you, which I think is really cool. But as, you know, as long as you are, are looking for a database that has ACID compliance, can handle transactions, can handle the resiliency and, and everything, I think we're a great place to start, especially because one thing I haven't mentioned yet is we've implemented the Postgres wire protocol. So if you're used to using Postgres, then it's going to be super easy for you to continue building because you can continue to use any of your favorite clients out there. And speaking of the protocol, you all have done some work recently with Prisma, right? To Prisma, I'm not sure if it's in beta still or alpha or, but like Prisma can connect directly into Cockroach, like as on the native level, right? Oh yeah. Prisma is my preferred way of connecting to Cockroach right now. Whenever I interviewed, I was like, are you getting a Prisma connection, a connector? And they're like, we're working on it. I'm like, okay. That's, that's what I want to hear. But Prisma is really great because it can handle kind of the migrations of data. So I build all of my database schema in their schema language. And then I do Prisma DB push and it just builds everything. And, and Cockroach DB handles all of the foreign keys, handles, you know, the different, yeah, the different relations and things like that. And then whenever I need to make updates, I just do it in Prisma and it push it and it does a migration. But then the other thing is it, it takes that schema file that you've created and generates type safe, a type safe client. So I'm trying to get better at using TypeScript. And I think part of that is, is kind of this journey that I've been going on with Prisma because, you know, it's very nice to see like things come out in the right types whenever you're looking uh, through the database. Like if you're writing a DB query and you're wondering like what fields are there to have the Prisma client pop it up for you is, and then you throw a GitHub code pilot in there and it's like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what fields? And then like, I think more importantly, like what fields are required? Because, you know, how many times have you executed a script and you realize that you didn't pass over a field uh, that, that was required? Those are ghost bugs that are like so hard to catch that really Prisma saves you time down the line. I, I think it's amazing that Prisma offers that level of native connectivity to Cockroach because that opens the floodgates to people like you, Adrian, to people like me, like the Prisma swear buys, like 
makes it very easy for us to step into that ecosystem. So Prisma, Prisma will let developers access Cockroach more easily. And there's things that are going on in the back end as well in terms of like how can you access it? How can you connect to Prisma? So you put out some blog posts recently. One of them was focusing on Remix, which is an up and coming popular framework. I mean, that, that thing's exploding in popularity right now. I am, that, that is my, my new favorite, like part of my, my new favorite stack. I'm actually one of the organizers for Remix NYC. And so we have monthly uh, meetups that I host at the Cockroach Labs headquarters. It's going to be really nice whenever the weather gets nice because we have a great roof deck and everything. But no, that's, that's what I'm really into right now and using it with Prisma. The great thing is like Remix has custom stacks where people can put together like here's a stack that has, you know, this deployment with this, you know, set of component libraries and everything. like a prefab. Yeah, prefab like where you can get really opinionated, but every one of them uses Prisma. And so I just wrote this little tutorial of how to like switch any of those databases over to using CockroachDB and you're off to the races. So for people wanting to get started very quickly but then also want to use CockroachDB, like those stacks are really great. And they're great because of the fact they use Prisma, which like mm-hmm. gives you that that verbal capability to talk to all these databases of which cockroaches yeah. in the category. Gotcha. Okay. In, in the in the post that you put out about using remix with cockroach, is the main message you kind of want to convey with that that this is this is simple. There's prefab stacks. You should try it out. You should download it and really offering a you know a channel for people to try it out. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing that helps. The other thing is, is I just really like talking about Remix because it really brings the kind of the joy of developing back. It's it it's really focused on using the platform and the platform being the browser and there's a lot of cool things that you can gain from it. Like if you turn off JavaScript, Prisma or sorry, Prisma Remix applications still work because it's using the underlying technology that we've always used. I've been a web developer for a very long time. Again, not to date myself, but like my first web application was written in regular ASP and VB script. And so we're doing like the same things. People who love PHP are going to are going to see very similar things to how they're doing it cuz we're using forms, we're using submit buttons and things like that. And JavaScript just enhances an application. It's no longer a requirement. And so if you turn it off or you're in a situation where you still can't get good internet access in some parts of Africa and they might be using these slow phones, they can still get a very nice user experience. And you also have another post that's out Using CockroachDB with Next.js and Vercel, which is sort of walking through a Next.js app and connecting on using the serverless options. Yeah, so using the the Vercel serverless functions along with Next.js. Before I was using Remix, like Next.js was kind of my framework of choice, and I'll still use it on occasion. But I, I think the main point of that was we also have an integration with Vercel. So if you are using Vercel and you want to get up and running with CockroachDB very quickly, you can go to the marketplace and, and click the button and it will set up your, your cluster and put your database URL like in an environment variable and then you're just ready to go. And so if you're interested in that whole like ecosystem with you know Next and Vercel and CockroachDB, again, we're just trying to make it really easy for you to get up and going. Awesome. So there's like a prefab Next.js integration and Vercel's making that easy with their project generation. And then Remix has just natively, the community is really great. And they're putting out all these prefab stacks. One thing that I thought was interesting, they're all like music themed, right? The stacks. 
Oh, the the stacks for remix. Yeah, they're they're named after subgenres. Genres. Okay, that's right. So like, there's the K-pop stack. Uh, I I made one. I haven't published it yet, but we called it the Rochella stack. The Rochella. Yeah. <laughs> is art so is Rochella? How many letters? R O A C H E L L A. Adrian, that's nine letters. What are the nine technologies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, that was just that was just my uh, subgenre. I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. come up with all those letters, but uh, give me some time and I'll I'll, I'll think of some. Do the do the letters in the in the names correspond to you know I like they have like the jam stack and J AMs. Is, is it that same sort of thing with K pop? Uh, no, I think they're just picking out like genres. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so they're just names. So like there's like the indie stack, the blues stack. And I think the rock stack that are like the ones that that remix put out, and then everybody's putting out their own. But yeah, I had a, had a friend working on the K-pop stack with Netlify. All right, so we got these two great blog posts. We also said we we're going to go over some of the interesting features of Cockroach. I mean, every DB has special things that maybe attract some application, some other application. Cockroach has like a whole basket of like different plugins and things you can activate. One of the ones that stood out to me when I was watching another talk that you were giving a stream uh-huh. was about the TTL on Rose. That's one I haven't heard of offered before, which is kind of interesting. Wondered like, when did that come onto the scene? And what do you think is an interesting use case for using the TTL? So uh, TTL has been around for document databases for a while. MongoDB has TTL indexes and I think DynamoDB also has some kind of TTL. And so TTL is time to live. And so what we're doing is basically putting an expiration date on rows on a database. And I was very excited when we came out with this because, again, we are a we are a, a relational database and you don't usually see this feature on there. And so, yeah, with row level TTL, you can set a, basically a time to live on a row and it will be automatically deleted. And so this is really great for things like if you are just writing data from an instrument and you're only only care about the last 30 days. Because if you think about it, you're, you're say, checking the temperature every five seconds, right? That's a lot of records to hold for like 30 days. And so if you don't care about that data outside of there, you can just have it automatically delete. For the example that I was doing on the, the live stream, it was for a, a shopping cart. So, you know, we have a lot of problems with abandoned carts in the e-commerce space because they actually have to like kind of put like a soft hold on the inventory. So like if you, we, we won't go into that, but like, uh, so, so that's why you get those emails. It's like, Hey, you lift this in the cart. Do you want to, to do it? And so what we did is we hooked up the shopping cart to a row level TTL. So that way after a day, the items are just disappear from your cart and we don't have to worry about that. Do you feel like having row TTL, the database layer is in any way overstepping the responsibility of the database in a given application architecture? Or is that like more the direction we want to move in as a body of developers? I think it makes sense because otherwise you would have to implement it on the client side, right? Or some backend service. Some backend service and things like that. And you also have to remember that we're doing this in a distributed way. So the the procedures that are running to, to take care of the the data are close to the data. So you don't know where the data could be. So if you have shopping carts for people who live in Australia, maybe you have implemented multi-region and you're keeping their data close to them, right? 
the growth level TTL will take care of the things in its own region. I, I like it because, you know, you set it up in the database. And then if you decide to have a mobile client that's different from the the web client, then you just get this this functionality for free, basically. You you mentioned multi-region. So multi-region is special because it lets us bring the data close to the customers, like close to where they're physically located. So Cockroach at its core, like we already established, it's like a distributed system, right? So that means there's several nodes, several servers all working together. Now multi-region, how did, is that like another derivative layer on top? Can you kind of like paint that picture for me? Yeah, so kind of at first we were deploying multiple nodes for resiliency, and then it turns out you can deploy those nodes in different different AZs and different geographic regions, which helps keep the data close to you. So you might have 25 plus nodes all around the world, but it still looks like one logical database to the developer, which I think is really cool. There's a, a load balancer on the front that just knows where to send send your request so it gets the right data. And so you have situations where you have a global application, but think about you know the, the application that stores their data in US East 1 in Virginia, but they have someone in Australia that has to access it. They have all of those latency problems. And so on the front end, we have CDNs to take care of you know, the latency on, on the front end. And so now we have things like CockroachDB that will help with the latency on the back end because you can say at the table level, at the row level, that this data needs to stay in this region. And it also very it helps a lot for compliance because we now have GDPR. So if you have European customers, their data needs to stay in European data centers. And that's very easy to do with CockroachDB. And the developer doesn't need to know that it's happening. So in other databases, you have to worry about setting up like the sharding plan and making sure all of that is, is set. CockroachDB takes care of all of that underlying. So you just say, based on this column, this row stays in this region and it just happens. I, that is going to be immensely powerful because from my point of view, we have all these services coming out now that are like, oh, if two clicks, you can deploy your app to 93 countries. And it's like, the, doesn't matter if your database is still like in, in US East 1. <laughs> it's not going to matter because uh, it will matter a little bit, as I guess, but you still need to do that transaction, still have that bottleneck. But this is going to make it really easy for me to say like, you know, the tables of cart inventory or whatever that like you interact with those on every page load so those need to be distributed those need to be yeah and what's great with cockroach db is as we scale out nodes we're not only scaling reads we're scaling writes as well so we don't have to worry about write latency a lot of data uh, there's a lot of databases out there that whenever they do scale globally um, whenever they distribute globally, then they're basically distributing reads. So the read access is really fast, but you still have that latency with the write. But that's not how we work because every node can do both. You're really using the machine for what it can give. And then, so there must be like, there's, there must be some like really well engineered, thinking back to what you were saying, you have some of the best engineers working in your group, like reforming this bottom data layer that's talking and whispering between these nodes like that. That's really neat to think about that this level of innovation is going on within a Postgres context too, so that like anybody can kind of hook in and, and benefit from this. Yeah. I mean, the database itself is is completely new. The, the Postgres stops at the SQL layer. So we, you know, we have a whole query layer that translates the Postgres into what it needs to be able to find the data in the appropriate ranges and the appropriate nodes 
I tell everybody, I was like, if you're interested in this stuff, like the nerdy stuff, we have Cockroach University, which is our free online courses. And my favorite one is still the very first course, which is the introduction to Cockroach DB and distributed SQL, because it will actually show you you know, step by step, like what happens to the data when it goes through the query layer and how it gets stored. Because spoiler alert, tables are a lie. All of our data is actually stored in a key value store that's called Pebble, which is something that we re- we rewrote RocksDB, which is written in C, and we and we wrote it in to match the rest of the stuff. And so it's it's very interesting to see like how things get chunked up, and that's really what allows us to do the horizontal distributed. A window of secret sauce into what's going on. There's so you're using RocksDB originally written in C. Mm-hmm. Got some engineers working it into Go, so you can work with the rest of the stack. That that's fascinating. And and all of this is open source too, so people can go check it out on the GitHub. I was like, there's no secret sauce. You can just you can look and see how we're doing everything. It's all out there for people to go learn from um, themselves. And yeah, you mentioned Cockroach University. That first lesson you're really touting. You're saying it's a good one for people to, people to go check out. I really enjoy it just because like I've I've worked with other databases. I know how they scale. So like I when I worked at MongoDB, I had to do the same thing. And but they scale out with like a primary and, and two secondaries, right? And so they've got like secondary reads. So it's it's different, but like I don't know. I I found it very interesting. And then we also put out a course on CockroachDB serverless, which I have a talk that I do about how we architected it. Because if you think about serverless and like serverless functions, you have the problem of cold start. And so we have how we've figured out how to like get around most of the cold start and and also, you know, be able to scale it out in a cloud native way. The serverless stuff is so exciting. I think a lot, it's driving a lot of innovation in the space. Like we a few weeks ago, we had Matt Robinelt on from, from PlanetScale who's doing testing of contacting the database over HTTP, mm-hmm. not using the TCP layer. So you could like hit Postgres straight from an edge function. And I mean, imagine if everybody was writing like Cloudflare workers, hitting serverless cockroach DB. That, that w- that's a nice world to live in. I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Adrian, if people wanted to find out more about cockroach and get started, they can go to cockroach labs like you, like you mentioned that first lesson. If you're writing, do you write on Medium, on Post, or anywhere? Where can people find more blog posts from you? So we do have a blog. If you go to our cockroachlabs.com, you'll find our blog. So the, most of the posts that I put, on, put out are on there. But I also stream every week, every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So I've been working on what I'm calling For Real, which is a Be Real clone for pets. Uh, so yeah, F F U R, and so I've been building that in a remix with Prisma and Cockroach DB, and it's been a lot of fun on Twitch. Yeah, on Twitch. Oh, what's your Twitch handle if people want? It's it's Adrian. So most places on the internet, I'm I T S A Y D R I A N. Awesome. Well, Adrian, thank you for your time coming on and talking about Cockroach mm-hmm. and some of the cool, exciting features that are coming out. So we got TTL, the serverless stuff. Yeah, and if you, and if people wanted to come watch your stream. Go tune in. Yep, absolutely. Thank you again. 